Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Bi-Weekly Geopolitical Report podcast for July 18th, 2022. If we keep up with the news, we may read, hear, or watch stories about what appears to be a widening income and wealth inequality in America. We become familiar with statistics like these from the Census Bureau. In 2020, the top 20% of U.S. population earned over half of all U.S. income, and the top 5% earned nearly a quarter of all income. This week's Confluence report looks at how the pandemic has affected inequality in America and how current trends might influence investment strategy. Our guest is Confluence Market Strategist intern Natalia Fields. Natalia, first of all, how does one measure income and wealth inequality? I usually use asset holdings and ability to pay liabilities with assets to see how financially free or burdened the socioeconomic classes are in comparison to one another. The Gini coefficient is a good indicator as well. It's measured zero to one, where zero is complete equality and one is complete inequality. And what is this measure showing right now? Currently, it's trending upward. And historically, it has trended upward, and the current coefficient is 41 compared to Western European countries, which tend to be in the 20s. And what's the history of this measurement of inequality? Um, This is more appropriate for the finite coefficient, which dates back to the very early 1900s by an Italian statistician, Corrado. He proposed inequality could be measured by a straight line, which was to represent a perfect equality, and any deviation was an indicator of inequality. Since then, the Gini coefficient has kind of become like a widely used measure of inequality. Well, did did U.S. government pandemic relief, the checks from the government, the, the child tax credits, the student loan forgiveness, did all of this have a noticeable effect on inequality? I would have to say so, yes. Though I could argue the effect on inequality was indirect rather than direct, the thing that has kept inequality high was the result of inflation, which has disproportionately hurt lower income groups. Well, could today's rising wages bring the extremes closer together or or will the less affluent class continue to lag? I think when you take all factors into consideration, the inflation, the closing of labor shortages, and the difficulty in substitution for goods and services to kind of offset the rising cost of living, I would say the real wages are actually below pre-pandemic rates. So it seems likely the less affluent classes will continue to lag in terms of their purchasing power and financial security. What are the long-term income and wealth trends for the various American economic classes? Well, what can generally be expected doesn't seem to be too far off what was already existing before the pandemic. The top 1% has been accumulating assets and it's growing its income at an exponential rate. The middle class has been accumulating assets, but it tends to be a little bit more linear compared to that top 1%. And the working class may continue to struggle to accumulate assets at all. How does inherited wealth contribute to these trends? Inherited wealth plays a strong role in inequality and continued inequality. You can kind of look at it like a race where the start line is increasingly farther ahead and closer to the finish line for those with inherited wealth compared to those without it. And this tends to be true for every race, every time. So every time there is a race, they have that advantage. Is today's 
inequality environment comparable in terms of the size of the gap to any previous periods in U.S. history? Technically, you can say yes to this question. Each time period in history is unique, but from a measurable standpoint, you can say that there have been similar coefficients or similar deviation. It appears that the U.S. society was more equal from the New Deal in the 1930s into the 1960s and 1970s, but more recently, society has kind of become much less equal. Natalia, at what point might high inequality lead to resistance, which results in a, in, in a major change in government policy? I'm sure there are multiple possibilities. In my opinion, the most likely is that the cost of living becomes so unsettling, most people in the working class feel like they cannot survive off of their wages and transfer payments combined. And middle class people may start to feel suffocated with the inability to accumulate savings. So people then may feel like they have no choice but to push back against current policies. Could we be close to that level now? I'm not sure we are. We see more strikes and unionizations, but people's behavior still seems to be relatively compliant and not really rebellious toward the current state of the economy or its impact. Well, if the pandemic and pandemic relief programs were not enough to lessen long-term inequality, and if the long-term trend may be for inequality to widen, what's the likely impact on equities? Remember, it may not be that inequality widens further, it's that inequality isn't likely to fall in the near term. That means that for now, an awful lot of income and wealth are going to remain in the hands of the wealthy and they're likely to channel a lot of it into stocks. So high inequality will probably support prices in the upcoming years. And how about bonds? Um, with the wealthy remaining flush with capital, we think bond buying will hold up pretty well, better than it otherwise would. However, we're still likely to see some reduced demand for bonds and higher yields since inflation is likely to remain higher than it was before the pandemic. And finally, why would the dollar stand to benefit from continuing economic and wealth inequality? That's hard to gauge. The dollar is already quite high, but probably not as high as it would be if the income and wealth were suddenly transferred to the less wealthy classes. If income and wealth did shift like that, it would probably be spent on consumption rather than investing, and higher consumption could make inflation even higher, prompting the Fed to hike interest rates even more pretty aggressively, and that would tend to push the dollar up. On the other hand, a dramatic near-term shift of policies toward reducing inequality would probably hurt corporate profits, making the U.S. a less desirable place to invest and reducing the demand for dollars. For right now, it's hard to discern exactly how the inequality trends will impact the dollar in the upcoming few years. Thank you, Natalia. We remind you that our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. Opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice, and this information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler. <laughs>